You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht, Benjamin Pieske and Sam Gardner, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about in three steps to be happier at work. And now some happy music. Yes, we all want to be happy at work, satisfied at work, have recognition at work, or whatever makes you happy. And yet, work is often a struggle, a core, a chore. And so, what can we do to be happy at work? Stay tuned for this really, really insightful episode. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the ever-growing video-on-demand content library, which is getting a lot of additional things now with the new conference, free registration to all PSI webinars, and much, much more. Head over to psiweb.org. To learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Hello and welcome to a new episode. Today we are talking about three steps to be more happy at work and it's a really interesting thing. A couple of years ago I read a book called Arbeiten in einem Irrenhaus. So it's a German title book that kind of how it feels like to work in an environment where, you know, everything is just crazy. And I was reading through this book and it described all these crazy things that happen at work. And I was thinking kind of, yes, that is how my workplace feels like. And yes, I can relate to this story and to that story. And yeah, you know, things are crazy, things are changing all the time and, you know, nothing gets finished and, and so on. And then the book had an interesting turn at the middle because it switched the perspective. Then I saw, hmm, maybe things are not so crazy. Maybe it's just my perception of things. Maybe it's just that certain things are crazy for me, but there's actually good for others or the other around. So one of the examples was, for example, um, how to work in a more dynamic environment. That can be pretty crazy for people that hates that, that, that wants to have a very kind of planned and structured work environment. They, you know, get pushed outside of their comfort zone on a, on a constant level. And although growth happens outside of your comfort zone, if you're always in that, then it really stresses you out. However, there's also persons that strive on that, that are easily get bored by things that are 
all the time the same. And if I exactly know what's going to happen today in the morning uh, for the rest of the day, then maybe that might feel boring to certain people. So what's crazy to a certain person or boring to another person is not necessarily the same. That's a really, really interesting perspective. So then recently I listened to the episode 232 of the Leben Führen podcast by Olaf Kapinski. A great podcast if you uh, understand German. I highly recommend it. It's also the link to that is in the show notes. The important thing is um, you learn there a lot about supervisory skills. Uh, Olaf now also has some English versions podcast, so you can check that uh, there as well. The And that was really insightful because he was talking about in three steps to a better company. And I re revised this title to in three steps to be more happy at work. So what is the first step? The first step is from feelings to understanding. So if you are you know, mad about something at work. What is it? What is really stupid or bad? Go into the details and stop with, you know, very generic kind of statements like upper management is stupid. Yeah. I once heard, you know, a supervisor of mine saying me, well, you know, you need to protect um, your people from upper management. Well, I thought, well, that's an interesting statement. Um, but yeah, no, maybe you just think kind of what specifically is so, you know, mad about upper management? What is so specifically about, you know, is it a specific person? Is it a certain behavior? Is it a certain process? What really kind of makes you freak out? Is it, you know, just the expense report form that is kind of completely crazy and you think like, oh, I hate to do it. Or is it this one meeting that kind of is always, you know, you go there every week and you think like it's just a waste of time. Or is it this one colleague that kind of comes up with a new idea each time you talk to them and you kind of think like, can we first get that one done and then move to the next one? What is it very, very specifically? So understand, you know, what you really worry about or what you really are frustrated about. Become very, very specific there. The next step is to change from negative to positive. We have this kind of bias to always just think about the negative. Yeah, there, you know, there's seven colleagues that tell you how great you are and what kind of fun it is to work together with you. And there's, there's this, just this one colleague that maybe is just on a minor project who you always kind of 
feel frustrated when you talk to them or, or you maybe feel really bad or demotivated or whatsoever. And then you focus all the rest of the day on this one person. And you forget about all the other things, all the great things that happen at work. So try to shift your focus from only looking at the negative things. What are all the great things? Who are the great colleagues you're working with? What about your work environment is good? Is it kind of, you have a nice office, you have a nice home office policy, you have a very short commute to work, you have a fitness studio at work, you have whatsoever a great area where you go to lunch each day. You have great, maybe interesting projects that you're working on. What about, you know, your development? Does a company invest in your development? Do you have opportunities to learn more? What do you love to do at work? What's great about work? Especially when you can influence it, when you can ask your supervisor to influence it. Work towards that. Try to, you know, prioritize those things that are great about work, especially in terms of projects and learning opportunities. What are the conferences you would like to go to? What are the projects you would like to work on? What are the colleagues that you wish to work together with? Of course, it's not a free lunch, yeah, and it's, it's in the end also work, but you can, you know, gradually improve things, not from maybe today to tomorrow, but over the weeks, you know, maybe you finish a project that you don't like, and then you can influence that the next project you start, you work with colleagues you prefer to work with. Is there something that, you know, you can change? Yeah, is there another group where you would like to work in? where you think the supervisor will be better. I'll be a little bit aware about that. Sometimes, you know, what you see outside is not necessarily the same as what you see inside. Third step, determine the trade-offs and decide what's on the positive side and what's on the negative side. Yeah, Write down all the things you love, write down all the things you hate. I recorded an episode about decision-making. And you can go back to this ProAct URL framework to help you understand, you know, what are all the important things? What are all the less important things? What is good? What is bad? And what are the different things that you can change? So do you switch your office environment? Can you negotiate to work more from home or more from the office, depending on what you prefer? Can you do more or less travel? Currently, with the pandemic, there's not a lot of travel anyway, but, you know, maybe in the future. Or do you need to change the job? Yeah, do you need to change the company? What are these, you know, different opportunities? Write them down and really become clear about what are your choices? What are your opportunities? And then consciously make a decision to stay. Maybe you just, you know, think, okay, actually, my salary is quite good. I'm early back 
at home. I have a good life with my family. And yeah, if I need to change jobs and maybe I need to commute more that I don't want, maybe I need to work harder, maybe that I don't want, but make it consciously. Or you want to improve. Yeah, you want to say, okay, here's really something that I can, you know, within my environment improve. There's a, you know, maybe I can change the setup. I can, you know, ask whether I can have a longer break at lunch so that I can exercise during the day, whatsoever. Or, you know, change things that you say, okay, I need to uh, switch to a different group within the company. Or... Finally, leave. We all, you know, have the freedom to choose our jobs. And if you really want to change your job, if you really want to do that, test your market value. Yeah? Write applications. Yeah? See what's, what's going on. Have a couple of interviews. At one point in my career I was really 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 frustrated with my situation and I wanted to understand what's out there what could be other opportunities and I had a couple of interviews with other companies and that helped me to understand also what the grass looks like on the other side we have the same proverb in Germany that you know the grass is not always greener on the other side. And yeah, test that. Yeah? It doesn't take you know, so much time to screen the job market and to see what's, what's possible around you. Um, and it's also not so much of a, a time investment to you know, have your CV ready and upload it to a couple of different uh, job places with, you know, a little bit of an intro in terms of what are your strengths and things like that. Statisticians are in high demand. So if you are, you know, not completely kind of missing the point in the applications, you surely will get some interviews. And especially now, most of these will be digital. So you can very, very easily fit them in your day-to-day -day work. So do that. Yeah, just check what's out there. But do it consciously. Verbalize what you're feeling. That was the first step. Then look into not only the negatives, but also the positives. And then look into what are the different options. What are the trade-offs uh, trade that you have and decide. That brings you into action. And action gets out of this being a victim to being the master of your career. And when I, you know, was thinking about this, I couldn't help myself to think about famous poems that I really like. And I'm not a native speaker, so I probably can't pronounce it as good as a native speaker. But it's, it goes like this. Out of the night that covers me, black as a pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. 
Under the bludgeons of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I'm the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul. So, with that, this was a shorter episode, but I still hope you liked it. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background, and thank you for listening. Head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to review again the steps to be happier at work. Reach your potential, lead great science, serve patients. Just be an effective statistician. Thank you.